Nobody taught us how to be angry in a healthy way. Nobody taught us that. They taught us that anger is shameful. This is the time when I actually lost all my family members right in front of my eyes. It was actually in uh, Emirates Road and we were going in for Ras al Who was in the car? Hannah Al-Samak. A well-known Theta healer, author, entrepreneur, and self-development expert, Hannah trained more than 65,000 managers across the region. I needed to learn more just so I can prove myself to these people. Mm. And that's why after a while, after maybe in 2020, this is when it hit me, I was doing all this. Yes, it was for me, self-fulfillment, but I never really felt fulfilled. Did people look at you differently after you were like qualified or certified by these institutions? They did actually. Mm. But did I look at myself differently? Mm. That, that was the question. I was actually diagnosed in that year with severe depression. Couldn't get out of bed, I felt numb, I felt sick, my chest was paining, and I just can't really comprehend the pain. What sh Should I be sad for yeah. COVID? Should I be sad for the, for the world? My parents Your are separated, yeah. my business, where is the money? How am I gonna survive? It was happening at the same time I was healing, I was helping other people and becoming their channel as well. I don't wanna disappoint people who are going through therapy, but it's actually a very, Hanan Samak, thank you so much for joining Xeno Talks. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute honor to have you here with me. Uh, you and I have known each other for so long, uh, since your days of your YouTube videos on, in 2014. Yeah. Um, you're a motivational speaker, um, you're a public speaker, you're a moderator, MC, you've done, you've done it all. Um, you know, and, and uh, one of the things I have to say as well is, uh, I love your family. Thank you. Uh, you have a wonderful family. I love your parents. Uh, you, you yourself are, you're a combination of many things together. And, and, and again, even when I met your parents, I understand why you're like this wonderful gem from the UAE and a hybrid of Kuwait as well, right? So <laughs> you're half you. Kuwait and yes, half UAE, yes. which is amazing. And I, I think uh, uh, you, you bring something very special to a lot of like young women that want to get out there and, 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 and grow and, and, and be part of like something bigger than just themselves. And, and that's what you've done. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your journey mm -hmm. in, 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 in this whole space of like public speaking and, and becoming a public figure mm -hmm. uh, when a lot of people sort of like shied out from a very young age and very early time. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me, Amar. This is amazing. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I think when I started, I didn't really mean for any of this to happen. It started when I graduated from AUD. Yeah. And then I was unemployed for two years, so I was looking for a job. Until in that time, I wanted to spend time doing something useful because I was you know, comparing myself to other students. Mm. Why am I not getting the job I want? Yeah. What's wrong with me? I studied. I was an A student. And so I started volunteering, working with the elderly and working with children. Mm -hmm. This is where I found like, hmm, this actually works for me. I love being around people. And so I just went back home and shared my story through YouTube. Yeah. And this is when it actually started happening. People started watching my episodes, asking me questions about how to change their mindset. What did you do? What happened? And so I figured I need to learn more. I need more knowledge. This is when I started you know, learning about the psychology and the human behavior and what success really means. Yeah. And this is, ironically, this is when I got the job. Yeah. When I started actually utilizing my time doing things that are away from, you know, pursuing the job. And so I got the job, but I also felt connected to, to writing, to being around people, to being on YouTube, to c creating content. 
this is when I decided that I wanted to quit my job after two years of corporate. Yeah. And obviously, I was just 24. I was really young. My dad was against the idea in the beginning. Um, you don't know anything about business. You don't know anything about training. How are you quitting your job? This is a stable salary. And I think this is a story with a lot of people and a lot yeah. of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so and, I and, said... And you know, yeah. and you know, sorry to cut you off, but I was going to say, I think um, you and I, one of the, the challenges that we have, because... Um, uh, being in the self-help, personal development yeah. uh, field, when you're very young and you talk about this topic, there's a lot of pushback you get from people mm -hmm. that are like, you're so young, what do you know about personal development and then about like, you know, and all that. So how, how yeah. did you address this kind of pushback also from the community? Mm. This this is actually that was my main struggle with the community. Um, so when an organization calls me, for example, to teach and talk about well-being at the workplace, and I've heard one of the comments say like, "You got us a very young person. Like, how? What does she know about well-being? Yeah. What does she know about this?" So even though yes, I was working on my knowledge. I was I studied in Australia. I took a diploma in positive psychology. I always felt like. I needed to learn more just so I can prove myself to these people. Mm. And that's why after a while, after maybe in 2020, this is when it hit me, like I was doing all this. Yes, it was for me self-fulfillment, but I'd never really felt fulfilled because mm. I was coming from a place of fear, coming from a place of defending that I am good enough, that I want to bring something to the table. And in 2020, I figured I wasn't really doing it for myself, even though I succeeded in it even though I managed to train more than 75,000 managers, employees in Dubai, in Kuwait, in Saudi, in Qatar, Alhamdulillah, in Oman. But I still felt like something was off because I was doing from a place of fear, not because wow. I wanted to, to do it. So, you know, uh, and so, so when you went, like you said, I remember uh, very clearly when you went to Australia yeah. and took that course in positive yeah. psychology, yeah. like, was it were you trying to was it for yourself or were you trying to sort of like just improve your resume so that you won't get that kind of pushback did people look at you differently after you were like qualified or certified by these institutions definitely they okay. did they did actually but mm. did i look at myself differently mm. that that was the question i did everything right on the checklist i was certified mm. i became a life coach from the icf i did all that studying and yes people i did gain people's respect because i was coming from a science background I was saying things that are obviously credible and qualified, but at the same time, I felt like it was too much for me. It was heavy. Mm. The whole career of teaching and, and coaching, it was heavy for me, even though people were actually benefiting. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you know, Hanan, one of the things that I, I wonder is there are some people, when they venture into this field of self-help or personal development, um, sometimes it's, it's it comes from a place of... Uh, they, they, growing up they had like a tough childhood yeah. whether whether it was at home or whether it was in the community they they they, they felt sort of like um ostracized and they wanted to come out of this and and mm. try to you know become better or they noticed a problem within the actual community and they're like you know maybe because they saw depression rates stress rates going up and everything else and yeah. they want to address this so what what led you to focus on this Mm -hmm. And why not anything else? You could have done, you could have become a YouTube content creator on anything else. It could have been on food. Like we know a lot of like food yeah, content yeah, creators yeah. or bloggers, whatever. But you chose this. Mm -hmm. What 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 is it? I love your question. I think it triggered. Um, this triggered was triggered because of an incident that happened to me in 2010. Mm -hmm. So I was in AUD, and the second year of college, we actually been through a very tragic car accident with my family. Okay, and so. This is the time when I actually lost all my family members right in front of my eyes. It was in 2010. I was not even 19 years old yet. 
So I don't think I ever told you this no. story before. Yeah. No. So this incident kind of like made me feel, what am I doing with my life? I mean, my who passed wait, away was. So, I'm, I'm sorry. You you uh, wait. You you have to tell us what exactly happened. Where was this accident? It was actually in uh, Emirates Road, and we were going in for Rasul Khaimah. Who was in the car? So we were two cars. My uncle was driving and my brother was driving. My mom was next to him and I was at the back seat. Okay. And I remember we had the Blackberry back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was changing my status to on my way to Iraq. And yeah. I remember that very clearly because this was the moment when I actually looked up and I saw that my uncle's car was going to the right and to the left and it flipped over like maybe three, four times to the other side of the road. And this is when it happened. We came out of the car and we saw, you know, my family members laying on the floor. It was my uncle who just graduated from med school. He just graduated. He was 27 years old. And my uncle's wife, my uncle who was driving, and my grandma, and also the, the housemaid who was working with us. So everyone passed away in that car except my uncle who was driving and my cousins. They were very young. And just seeing that, I remember it was very hot. It was summer. It was in July on Thursday. And I remember I was wearing, it was just a sports um, outfit, but I felt really cold. Even though it was the summer, I felt really cold, like what is happening? And so we followed the uh, ambulance, and this is when the doctor came and said that, you know, they passed away, Allah home. So right then at that moment, I felt like, I don't know what I want to do, but there's something more to life. I mean, seeing death in that young age, it was very traumatizing. Very, very yeah. traumatizing. You, uh, how old were you at that time? I just, I didn't even turn 19. So I was 18 wow. and 10 months. So I went back to oh. university and things have changed. The way I looked at the students changed. The way I looked at um, the studying changed. It's like, okay, I want to study, but what, what is this for? Like, I want to study and finish, but then I have to do something big. Because, I mean, death is right here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it happened to my yeah, uncle. Yeah, it can yeah. happen to me. Yeah. So I kind of turned that into a fuel. Yeah. It it kind of fueled me until today. Death actually fuels me. Like yeah. maybe this is my last podcast I'm doing. So let me yeah. do something meaningful. Let me impact people's lives. And and it gave you a whole different purpose. Like yes. you're like, okay, I have a bigger purpose and I, I have to like serve the community and, yes. and, and share this sense of awareness that I yeah. got from this one major incident. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I honestly did not know. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I mean, okay. it must be really traumatizing. It's one thing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing when you hear about something, but then yeah. it's another thing when you actually like witness it, and you know, and you see that. Yeah. And I and I honestly did not know this. Yeah, so, and it took a lot of time to overcome this actually, because in that age, Omar, I was just being there for my mother. Yeah. You know, because obviously she lost her mother, her brother as well in the car, yeah. and so I didn't really feel the pain i didn't sit with my pain i was just being there for my mom for like a year or two or maybe four or five years i haven't really felt the grief and then it hit me i think everything came and it hit me when i actually um, hit rock bottom in 2020. Mm. this is when i realized that there's so many suppressed emotions that i haven't really dealt with mm. so everything came on the surface mm -mm. and that's how my healing journey started so as part of your healing journey, you started creating content, but not only did you do the videos, you also published books. Yes. So tell us about them. Okay, so after I graduated, um, like I said, I haven't found a job and everything. And then after YouTube, people started asking me so many questions and I started studying more. And I just started writing because I love writing. Even when yeah. I was in, in school, I always felt like English and Arabic were my favorite subjects because it involved writing and composition. And so I started writing my first book, published it, Hayatik, which is, you remember Hayatik? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was technical steps to a happier, more fulfilling yeah. life. Hayatik means your life. 
for those who know my daughter. Yes. And so the second book was The Sip of Happiness Mm -hmm. because I realized that, okay, success is something, but also finding a sense of peace Mm -hmm. with success is something else. And then the third book in 2018 was um, Peace peace of Mind. It's called Dalil Salam in Arabic. So if we want to translate it, it's a peace manual or peace handbook. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the combination of all. So you need a peace of mind and you need to feel a sense of joy and you also need to be successful according to what I think. So, you know, well... You did all this, and um, I think you and I were pretty active in a lot of different things, yes. speaking opportunities and this, and getting invited to God knows what. <laughs> um, then there was a, sort of like a like a shutdown, like you yeah. just disappeared. disappeared. Yes. What happened? Well, this is exactly uh, when my healing journey started. So, so yes, I was very active. I was serving the community. I was putting myself out there, and I don't remember checking in with myself mm. like how I'm doing how do I feel after coming on stage like I finished the speech and everyone's happy and everyone is you know applauding the speech but then come back to the hotel room and feel I feel numb mm. like so I was doing a lot of things for other people but not really checking in with myself and in 2020 obviously when COVID hit the world transformed yeah. and not just me and so of course, that took a toll on me. And my parents got separated in 2020. Mm. And I was going through a very personal issues. And of course, I lost my business for a while because, you know, not mm. everyone was doing training. Yeah. And this is when I felt like I was actually diagnosed in that year with severe depression. And that's ironic because someone who's teaching well-being yeah. <laughs> gets diagnosed with severe yeah. depression. Yes. Yeah. And this is when it hit me, like, what was I doing all these years since 2014 until 2020? I was being successful, but I wasn't happy. Obviously, I was diagnosed with severe yeah. depression. And so for three, four months, I couldn't really leave the house. Obviously, it was quarantine, but I couldn't yeah. really feel like I want to get out of bed. And one of the people who were following me on Instagram, she sent me a direct message. She said, I feel like your posts are changing recently. I hope you're doing well, Hanan, because we're used to you being so happy and active. So I hope everything is fine. Please call this number. She's going to help you. And she gave me a number of a woman. Now, I don't know who that woman was, but I was so desperate I needed to help. I couldn't get out of bed. I felt numb. I felt sick. My chest was paining. And I just can't really comprehend the pain. What sh- Should I be sad for yeah. COVID? Should I be sad for the, com- for the world? My parents Your are pa- separated. Yeah. My business, where is the money? How am I going to survive? There were just so many things I haven't really, you know, can't really deal with all, of, all yeah. of these things at the same time. And so I spoke to this woman and I told her, I don't know why I'm calling you. I just need help. And this for me was actually the first step to healing because I've never really asked for help. And I realized that in that moment that I've never really asked for help. Yeah. I was go- giving the help, but I've never really asked for help. And so this is when she started telling me things about myself. And this is when it happened. She started telling me why I'm attracting all these negative situations into my life. She started teaching me about the negative patterns and dysfunctional mindset that I had. Um, she started teaching me so many things, and we can get into that yes, in detail. Yes, I do, yeah. Um, but be, be, it was be, eye-opening. Because I was going to ask you, yeah. it, when, when she was asking you those questions about attracting this sort of like negative... Uh, is, is, are these the things that then led to depression? Is that, is that what it is? Yes. So it was all the unconscious things that I was doing that I that obviously I wasn't conscious about. 
So what she was doing is bringing the unconscious to the conscious. Mm. So I can be aware and see why things are happening this way. Yeah. Because we co-create our reality. Yeah. Whether we accept that accept this or not, it's actually mm. happening. Yeah. So if you want to become more aware, if you want to become a happier individual, <coughs> bring the unconscious to the conscious, which is called shadow work. So okay. this was what I have been doing since 2020 until today. Yeah. You know, you know, because I, I'm so glad, Hanan, we're talking about this now because um, I think maybe there are other people out there like myself who sometimes don't know the difference between what's the difference between like burnout, exhausted, stressed, depressed. Like, how how do you know where is it? Is is is, is it? You know, it's because you know if you. If you have certain things, like if, you, if, you, if you've got diabetes or whatever, they check your blood, they can tell you, you know, mm -hmm. oh, hey, you've got this, you know, or whatever. But this is something, I think it's, it's in the head, right? Or it's, it's, is there, so tell us how, what's the, if you know the difference and also how is it measured? How do you, how do you get di clinically diagnosed with depression? Okay. Obviously, you have to go to a, to a psychiatrist to actually give you okay. tests and see ask you a couple of questions and see what's going on with you. But from my experience and what I've read is that if you are feeling sad and burnt out and you don't want to leave the house and you're feeling closed off for two weeks and more, mm. then these are the signs of depression. Really? For two weeks and more. It happens to me every week. <laughs> <laughs> I always never want to go out. I only leave because people tell me to go out and say, otherwise, you know, to be honest, I just want to watch Netflix and, ch and literally chill. I don't want to do nothing. You might be doing quarantine, which, no. is, which is fine. Because <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm always like, mm, you know, I actually don't. I, you know, it's weird because I, I seem like a social butterfly. I actually hate going anywhere. If, mm. if I don't, have to go to those things i would never leave the house i would actually just sit and do nothing but anyways go yeah, but on no I, I get you i actually i actually found out that i was an introvert in 2020 and all my life i thought i was an extrovert according to personality tests and psychology right? yeah you know. that's why it was giving me so much pressure when i went on stage and i did an amazing job i felt drained afterwards yeah because it wasn't really who i am and that's uh. why when i felt i felt at ease and i felt relaxed and I felt I was flourishing when I was doing coaching one-to-one -one conversations because this is my zone this is where I feel comfortable yeah but when I'm out with the public I always felt drained so there are tests you can do okay to to get diagnosed and there are physical symptoms like for me I was feeling like I couldn't breathe well yeah I was feeling chest pain I was feeling I was getting headaches every single day yeah. I felt like crying every single day even though there's nothing happening at that moment but everything were everything was heightened so everything i took everything in a personal way and it just and maybe sometimes one of the symptoms that you can get suicide thoughts like you lose hope and you just don't want to continue yeah. with your life yeah. and i was experiencing all that honestly yeah. everything i was experiencing and so that woman really helped me wow she really opened my eyes to so many things that i didn't know was she a psychiatrist she was actually an energy healer and okay. I didn't know what she was doing yeah. until I was actually feeling better after six, seven months. That's why I was so into her methodology. Like, what did you do? This person used to trigger me for like 18 years. And after your session, I sit with that person and they no longer trigger me. What is happening? She's like, your energy is changing towards that person. Interesting. And this is when I started feeling, getting really interested about 
what she was doing and it's called theta healing which is a brain wave it's your theta yeah. brain wave and accessing that brain wave can actually help you tap into your subconscious mind releasing all the negative limiting beliefs and down, re- replacing them with positive beliefs so she was doing that so then i started studying theta healing because it i felt like it was saving my life mm. and so as i was healing people were coming to me asking for the same advice and they were going through the same things i was going through so i didn't really f- put the intention of me wanting to be or yeah practicing my coaching yeah certificate but it was happening at the same time i was healing i was helping other people and becoming their channel as well yeah is 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 that a healing different or very different from like meditation so meditation is a sense of stillness right so yeah. i'm just i can just meditate right now just close my eyes and feel a sense of peace and maybe pay attention to how i'm feeling at the moment am i nervous where is the pain what's happening here it's a meditation it's a sense of stillness mm. theta healing is actually an energy modality it's a, it is a meditative state okay. where you're actually closing your eyes and there's a practitioner telling you imagine this is happening imagine this when did this start um why did this trigger you for example and then working with your trauma and working with whatever issue you you are going through okay but it's a meditative state it's an energy modality and 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 how long are you required to be doing that to say okay now i'm healed are you healed it's an ongoing process this okay. is this was one of my issues actually i don't want to disappoint people who are going through therapy but it's actually a very It's actually very satisfying to know that this can actually be your lifestyle just like exercise. Yeah. Like imagine telling someone you just need three months to exercise and then eat whatever you want. No, it doesn't okay. work this oh, way. Okay, okay, okay. So it's like it's a lifelong it's, thing. It's a lifelong thing. For yeah. me it was because I didn't see it this way. In the first year I was seeing it as why is this issue keep arising? For example, why am I not fully healed 100% from for example my father's unmet needs or wounds for example. Mm. What's happening here? And so yeah. every time you heal a root cause there's another root cause happening at the same time every time you shed light on one area there's another area that is you need to address so take it as as a lifestyle not like there's something wrong with you you're broken and you need fixing okay so you did all of this during this mental health crisis and everything else but then how you know you said you obviously said like even for business it stopped i remember you used to do the one to one coaching and everything else so uh, yeah. what what how did you transition then like to did you did you have to go and get a job and you know what what happened with for, with work like after you felt like okay you know what the theta healing is a little bit, it's working on me now i'm starting to improve the how what, what did you do then for for work then i actually started doing theta healing full time as a job Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. I opened my office in 2021. Okay. And but this time it happened from a different place. It mm. happened because I actually wanted to do it because I felt the results on me and I wanted people to to taste the results of and see what healing can actually do for you. I mean, yeah. you can actually flourish in your business, you can flourish with your family members, you can make better decisions for yourself for your family when you learn how to manage your anger for example, when you learn why are you overprotective why are you over jealous why are you oversensitive why are things happening the way they're happening and so i started doing theta healing as a full-time job and seeing clients and practicing you know my coaching business and i'm working on the fourth book now oh huh. nice so <laughs> yes not yet published but i'm working on yeah, it yeah. and i did actually work in a couple of places here and there for like uh, part-time jobs 
but I still felt like this is not me. <clears throat> I mean, if I quit when I was 24, obviously it's not <laughs> going to work for me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, when you were going through that process and everything else, like how did your family take it? Okay, so in the beginning, um, it was very hard for them to accept because when you live with someone, you're used to certain things about them. You're used to them thinking in a certain way, talking in a certain way, eating in a certain way, dressing in a certain way. And then they see you transform and change. So you're no longer accepted. Yeah. You no longer fit. Yeah. And everything's foreign to them. Everything's foreign to them <laughs> and to you yeah. who is healing. Yeah. And so nobody talks about this, the grief stage that comes with the healing journey. There's a lot of isolation. There's a lot of, I don't belong here. Like, what happened? Why am I in this place? Uh, why was I programmed on these limiting beliefs? It's because of these limiting beliefs that I haven't had good opportunities or I lost certain people because of these limiting beliefs. So this is when hum humility comes into place and yeah. start replacing that resentment and anger into compassion to yourself yeah. because you didn't know any better and to them because in a, they're in a different awareness. So you need to be aware not to judge them and to judge yourself. Mm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of practice. It's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. But then when they started seeing that I was becoming a different person after two or three years, yeah. this is when they were actually curious. Like, what happened? Yeah. What did you do? Why are you so calm now? Oh, this used to trigger you. Mm. Mm -hmm. But not every family mm. will accept. Not every family will accept. And sometimes they'll remind you of your past. You're trying so hard to heal something yeah. in you. And then they'll try to trigger you just because they, they miss that old person. Yeah. You know, so. um, drivers in Dubai trigger me. I get really mad. Is, is, do I need like healing? Do I need like that's a healing or something? Because I, mean, I honestly what? feel like sometimes I want to just crash my car into them. So is that, is that something wrong with, is there something wrong with me? Are they driving slow or are they driving No, they're just fast? driving like idiots. Like, you know, okay. well, we, unfortunately we have like the worst drivers in this place. So, <laughs> it, but seriously, do, do, is it something that, you know, I need to like heal to like manage this anger? Is That's the thing because sometimes mm. I feel like the more we're told to hold it off, like I feel sometimes it, it makes it, it it gets me even more angry. I'm like, why am I? Why do I not have this place to just vent to to allow it to come out? Like everything's always like, no, no, like yeah. hold it in. And even and this is one, but also I want to tell you because mm. I remember if I felt like I I would say that it's depressed, but I don't know if it was depression or not. But you know, you know what your parents usually tell you: go pray. Yeah. You know what? You need God. Go go pray. Yeah. That's the yeah so yeah i mean I how love, do you address this i love what you said there's two things here first of all um nobody taught us how to be angry in a healthy way interesting nobody taught us that yeah they taught us that anger is shameful yeah and this was why i crashed in 2020 because i felt like i had so much anger inside of me it was repressed yeah because being brought up as a girl, like in this society, exactly. um, you can't, can't really raise talk. your voice. You can't raise your voice. Yeah. You can't talk if your dad is there. Yeah. If your uncle is there, if your brother is there, you don't say anything. Shh, you know, yeah. Abe, yes. Abe, you're Abe, a girl. Abe, Abe, Abe yeah, you're yeah. a girl. Yeah, yeah. And so I learned to suppress my anger. So anytime I felt like I'm angry, no, this is bad. It's going to not make me a good woman. Because if I'm angry, my mom yeah. will, is not going to validate me. You have to act and speak gracefully. That's why yeah. I was, yes, and that's why I was so angry. But then with healing, I learned how to express my anger in a very healthy way. Anger is actually a very healthy emotion, if expressed in the right way. 
because mm. anger means your boundaries are being crossed yeah something is happening that is not aligned with your values so it's yeah. good to address it but in a healthy way what and is the second point yeah. what did you say about uh, yes, yeah about no, we about, need to go pray and this and that's it yeah. Tara, that's the thing being depressed there's imbalances and imbalances in your brain's chemicals it's actually a thing <laughs> So just yeah. like when you have diabetes, for example, they wouldn't tell you go, for example, pray. Yeah. They tell you go get some medical checkup. You know, you need insulin, you need these things. Or if you have liver failure or if you have a stomach pain or if you have your colon. Yeah. You need medication. You need, obviously, to get treated. Yeah. Depression is the same thing. Mm. Now, spirituality and praying, obviously, it helps. But if there's some imbalances in your brain chemicals, you need to get that fixed. Mm. Okay, so mm -hmm. this, I want to ask you this. Now that you've gotten to this level of awareness and you're doing now theta healing and everything else, what's this fourth book about? <laughs> Are you allowed to tell us also yes, the name yes, of the book? Yes, yes, yes. It's actually about the name. I still haven't come oh, up with the name actually. When is it coming out though? Do you know? Uh, yani hopefully, hopefully by the end of this year or 2024. When you say end of this year, you mean like Sharjah Book Fair? <laughs> Inshallah. Okay. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah. But it's about the the spiritual um, journey that I've been through. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's really. And cool. I, because I really feel like not a lot of people are speaking about this. Because, yeah. like you said, um, the things about praying, the things about you know, you're a Muslim. This is all you need. Yeah. Just read Quran yeah, and yeah. pray, and I am with that. I'm not yeah, against yeah. that. But, but there is more. And there you're is, allowed to. There is apply more. Apply science. Of course, and you're allowed to say, why is this person triggering me? I have been attracting, for example, a narcissist for the past 17 years of my life. I need to understand the root cause. What is it in me that is attracting those people? I need to fix that so I can actually have a better choice in men or friendships. So this is what healing is about. It's, under it's gaining a deeper understanding into yourself. It's, it's embodying your light side and your dark side. Because even as women, they taught us that you always have to be light and you always have to be smiling. Yeah. You always have to be, you know, accommodating and, and good. You can't get angry. You can't express how you feel or say something that you don't like. Otherwise, it's going to be, you know, yeah. perceived in a different way. But this is why healing is so powerful. Because, Umar, it's integrating both your light side and your dark side. You become fearless. Because you're actually putting the light on the things that were suppressed all your lives. Yeah. On your anger, on your traumas, or your unhealed wounds, on your unmet needs, for example. You had an unmet need when you were six, seven years old. You needed affection. You needed physical touch. You needed to express yourself freely. But every time you painted on the wall, your parents were hitting you, for example. Yeah. Don't paint on the wall. Or yeah. don't eat these cookies. These cookies are meant for guests, not for you. So as a child, I'm not aware. I'd understand that, oh, anytime I have a cookie that is not mine, I get punished. Yeah. So anytime I make a mistake, I am not loved. So I grow up to be a perfectionist. Avoiding mistakes all my life. Therefore, when I avoid mistakes so much, maybe I'm also not tapping into my full potential because I'm avoiding something. So we're either yeah. avoiding something or we're defending something. Yeah. So you know, you, you talked about how your family, for them, it was it was very strange to adopt to this. I mean, it, so it was sort of that negative, um, you know, clash within mm -hmm. the house. But then mm -hmm. what about from the community? How, how do you deal with <clears throat> what you're talking about and how the community responds to what you do? Mm -hmm. I, I'll, <clears throat> you know, I'll be very honest. And we talked about this several times. 
you know, Hanan, I said that for me, when I talk about like self-help and everything else, I sort of stayed away from speaking about things in Arabic because in the Arabic community, a lot of the times I I feel like there's a little bit more criticism and we're, yeah. we're held into account even higher than in, in other communities. So then I was, you know, I shied away. You are stronger than me and, and you've done that. <laughs> and how do you deal with the feedback? Mm-hmm. Of after my, my yeah. healing journey and what changed. Um, I love your question because I haven't really did introspection on that per se, but I felt like it was two sides. So there were the people that didn't like how I changed physically. I mean, how I started wearing, for example, open abayas, um, speaking with boldness, I was better than before in terms of expressing my truth, expressing who I am, saying the things that I believe in. But they weren't really commenting negatively, for example. I didn't really see negative comments, but I lost followers. So maybe it's because of that. Maybe it's because Mm. I wasn't active. I'm not really sure. Can't really measure that. Interesting. But I gained different audience who were actually resonating with my story. And those audience actually turned into my clients and they turn into really loyal people who believe in my message. So yeah. it depends. Okay. It depends. So aside from dealing with all these negative comments, like mm-hmm. like you as an as an entrepreneur, like how do you find how have you found this journey? Like, is it something that you said to yourself, you know, because you and I kind of like started around the yeah. same time. Yeah, in this it was whole 2014. Phase. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were like, you know, we want to do our own thing and everything mm-hmm. else. Um, do you feel confident now after all this time with everything that's going on with, you know, there's there's financial crises or economic crises with COVID, this and everything else. And then this emotional crisis that we go mm-hmm. through, like what is what are, what is your biggest learnings and what's your biggest advice? Love that. I really haven't tapped into by the way when it comes to healing also there's a lot of there's a big money aspect that you work with yeah because for example as an educator as a teacher we were taught that you know you can't get paid for example because you are serving the community yeah so then I need to integrate that into an entrepreneur for example I have office rent I need to pay so how am I gonna keep you know, spreading that message of love and peace and positivity and at the same time building my business. <laughs> yeah. So there, there was a lot of conflict I had to deal with. So all my life, the struggle was within me, within these limiting beliefs, for example. So I did work on money beliefs. And at the same time, what I learned, Omar, is that you can make something work if you learn the way if you learn the system, if you learn personal branding, if you learn marketing techniques, if you learn social media, if you learn these things that make you a successful, for example, business owner or an entrepreneur. But at the same time, does this thing work for you? That's the question. It worked for me, the training and and, being on stage. It worked, it really worked. I've followed the, the book, I've done everything right. I worked on my personal brand, I started getting paid, I worked on my proposals, everything was amazing. But does it work for me? Do I feel good doing it? So what I've learned is that, yes, something can work and it can look successful, but it doesn't really make me feel at ease. And then this is when you have to be really bold and courageous. I mean, I will sacrifice a very high paying job and I just did. Very high paying job, very amazing title. 
for something minimum, for example, you can get 30,000 a month, but you're not happy. But everyone looks at you as if you're happy. And you can get 5,000 a month and you're very happy. So, so which one do you choose? And it's not easy, by the way, to get the 5,000 because there are obligations. Oh, Obviously, it's, it's a very yeah. expensive yeah, yeah. country. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> There's yes, so many things is. you have to pay. Yeah. I mean, you have to pay for breathing, yeah, everything yeah. you have yeah, to yeah. pay. 5,000 is like a day now. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can't yeah. go. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And they just increase oil prices what? starting today. <laughs> yeah, so good luck with driving. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a choice. Yeah. But this is what I feel like success truly means to me. Yeah. It's having the choice. Mm to work on your talents. I love that. And then bringing that talent that feels good to you and being of service to the world. So it's having the choice. I love that. Mm. Thank you, Hanan. That was very, very insightful. I, I, you know, there's there's a lot that we shared. I know there's a lot that we can talk more, but uh, just for final words, do you, you know, do you have any last minute advice for people out there who are struggling internally and um, want to get out of this deep hole. Yes, speak up. Mm. Speak up because the sooner you speak up, the better you're going to feel. I mean, it's not worth repressing all these negative emotions and traumas that you have for 20, 30 years because the effects are going to be huge, not just on your mental state, also on your physical state. I mean, people are getting sick. And when you go to the doctor, and when I used to go to the doctor, by the way, I used to do x-rays for my chest, and he said, there's nothing wrong with you. But I still feel this this pain. Yeah. So obviously it's something else that I have to address. Yeah. So speak up. Find someone who doesn't judge you. It doesn't have to be a theta healer. It can be a coach. It can be a best friend. It can be a sister. It can be a parent if you trust that they will not judge you. They will have that safe space, safe space for you. But speak up. Because that's how you flourish. And that's how you become more productive. And that's how you actually honor yourself at the end of the day we are here to evolve and you can't yeah. really evolve and transform into your best authentic self if you have issues that you haven't really worked with yet yeah and everything has a solution everything has a solution thank you so much hanan uh for joining xeno talks I, I know we 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 don't have enough time to continue <laughs> what we have to talk about but this is the first of many more series we're yeah. going to have a lot more chats and i know a lot of people will have more questions so uh, good luck with your fourth book. Thank you. I wish you all the best. I know it's going to be another like bestseller as thank usual. You. <laughs> and uh, thank you for joining Xeno Talks. Thank you for having me, Amar. Anytime. Thank you. <laughs>